Have you ever wondered who is responsible for the songs you hear on the radio? Thousands upon thousands of artists pour their hearts and souls into work that most people will never know even exists. What separates the hits? Every week, I sit down with the songwriters responsible for some of the biggest songs that sweep the world to find out, how did they get there? What was their journey? My name is Gary Young, and this is The Big Break. This week on The Big Break, we are joined by Janae Sewell, who is responsible for the massive hit Empire State of Mind, performed by Jay-Z and Alicia Keys. Janae started her career at a young age, and with a blend of business and creativity, she dedicated herself to the music industry the moment she realized that she could make money while making music. She took internships with industry heavy hitters, taught herself how to be an engineer, and spent her nights making music, all while maintaining a full-time job. Today, she and her husband run an international record label and continue to write hits and change the game. All right, so w- welcome to the podcast, Janae. Thank uh, you for having me. Uh, yeah. I'm Gary Tyler. I appreciate you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, for the listeners out there, so Janae, uh, Janae Sewell keeps a fairly low profile but she is behind some of the biggest hits of the last decade, including Jay-Z and Alicia Keys' smash hit Empire State of Mind. So when, when did you first start doing music in, in the various forms? Wow, okay. I started off first as an engineer. Okay. Engineer first. I have a bachelor's degree in communications, audio production. Okay, so you knew going into into college that that's what you wanted to pursue. Yes, I mean it's kind of something I did all my life, probably since I was about seven years old. I wrote my first song. You know, as corny as that sounds. Yeah, no. Um, it's something I always knew that I wanted, but I also had a passion for finance, and uh, okay. I kind of went to school for both. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, and that's kind of really how I even walked in the door. I I started out as being like an intern on the business side. Really? So where were you interning at? Uh, I interned for Cynthia Beatty. I interned for a lot of studios. Cynthia Beatty was like an event planner. And through her wonderful woman, she gave me an opportunity. I used to uh, help her with her office on 104th and Central Park. Okay. So, you know, I'm a little girl from Patterson, New Jersey, originally. Yep. Jersey, Jersey strong. Yeah, I was born in New York, but I was from Patterson, so I used to take the bus every single day to New York City. That kind of started my love of New York, you know? Yep, yep. And to 104th and Central Park. That's a long, that's a long bus ride. Yes, From it is. Patterson to 100th. So, uh, so you did that every day? Every and so day. So you're, you're working with Cynthia. Yes. What sort of events did she do? Uh, she did an event called the Salute to Excellence. So uh, at the age of 16, I was sitting at a round table with the likes of Kathy Hughes, the owner of Radio One, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Mario Van Peoples' father, uh, Sylvia Rohn. Like, I was just a kid. But for some reason, I just ended up being privy to their conversations and yeah. being able to sit around these greats and absorb all this knowledge. Um, I also got exposed to uh, 
Lou George a full force. Like I'm telling you guys some deep stuff. Yeah, this is deep, deep cuts. Go, yeah. This is the guts. Like, well, how did you how did you meet Cynthia? And it, so, so like you're in. I, I picture it now. You're 16. You're in the room. You're like, oh, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. But but how did you how did you meet and connect with Cynthia? Was she from Patterson too, or like no, how did that she's start? She's from New York, and at the time, her husband at the time his name was Rosa Rivers. He was uh, one of the head producers for the Apollo. Okay. Yeah, I was supposed to end up working uh, with him, like as you know, like an intern on the business side of the Apollo. Okay. And then I ended up going with her. Something happened, whatever fate happened. And I couldn't mm-hmm. go with him, so I ended up working for her. Okay. As her intern. Yes. Okay. So you're in high school, and then you're taking the bus into the city, and sitting around with with some some serious luminary star power. Yes. And, uh, so then, what what was the first big lesson you learned from them at, at 16? What sticks with you? Oh, what sticks with me? Um, format. Format. Okay. Tell me more. Being around them, being around these legendary people, like, I just always paid attention to format, you know? Like, I was always, like, although math was kind of, like, one of my hardest subjects growing up, it ended up being pretty much my savior uh, because I understood business and I understood numbers and just economics, the economics of the music business, you know? I just Mm. had a whole different perspective coming in at a very young age and just sitting around them. That's when Kathy Hughes first pretty much started Radio One. I had read the story of her and her son um, sleeping on in the in the station. Like she risked everything. So yeah. that was kind of my first lesson. Like you have to risk everything. Like okay. if you really believe in yourself, like mm-hmm. you have to just risk it all. Um just to fast forward you to like the good part. <laughs> no, no, no. This is this is the this is good stuff. But okay, let's we can we can jump we can fast forward a little bit. Okay, a little yeah. bit. Oh, yeah. Wow, you know what it is? I'm so not used to talking like this. <laughs> I want to bore you. Um, let me see. Uh, yeah. So I, yeah, Cynthia gave me my first true opportunity. Then I met this man named Lou George, who is a part of the group called Full Force. Mm-hmm. Uh, who they are behind some of the biggest hits, the Backstreet Boys, Selena, like the list goes on. Yeah. Lou George was the first person who introduced me to the business of songwriting. Okay. I never knew that, because like I said, I was always coming from like a finance perspective. I thought I was going to be like, you know, a president of, of, of Sony ATV or something. Sure. <laughs> Shout out yeah. to Big John. Yeah. There you go. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, I thought that's my path. That was my path. But then it was like I had this creativity inside me and I didn't really know wh- what to do with it, like to harness it. So Lou George is the first person who ever like exposed me like, hey, what do you think of these songs? And this is back then when he was doing early Backstreet Boys. Like I yeah. he used to play me the songs of Call the Office and Prank Call Me. He's known for that prank call. <laughs> I used to prank call me. And he used to play me these records. And I used to be like, wow, like, what is this you're doing? He's like, I wrote these. I produced these. And I was like, you wrote and produced? Yeah. And that was my first pretty much introduction into, wow, Janae, you can 
you can be business minded, you know, but you can have mm-hmm. both. You can you can be creative too. There's an outlet for you to be creative. You yeah. can do this. You can write songs for a living. So from the day that I knew that that even existed, that's everything I did in life was for that. For the for that goal, you're like, okay, I wanna I wanna satisfy both parts of my my being almost, you know, like the 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 business, but then also you gotta unleash the creativity. Yes. So, so then, okay. So now you meet Lou George, right? And you, you, there's a light bulb goes off. You say, oh, whoa, like I could, I could make a living writing and producing songs. And so did that drive your decision to, to focus on, on engineering in, in college? Well, yes. I'm going to tell you how that came about. Okay. So my, it's actually a little funny. You know, I yeah. come from a Jamaican heritage and, yep. you know, two very hardworking parents who yep. wanted me to be a nurse <laughs> yep. Yep. or something else more solid, mm. you know. Oh, I can't even imagine you going, going home to, to your parents who working working to put you through school. And you're like, I'm going to get into the music business. Yeah, they, they <laughs> just, let's just say that, you know, my, my father kind of understood. Mm-hmm. That's kind of he's he's an engineer, but he did um, navigation engineering. Okay. And my mother's a nurse practitioner. My father okay. kind of believed. He bought me my first guitar. Yeah, that's great. And uh, but my mother wasn't having it. She just she was just so against it. And what used to have what drove me to be an engineer was I got an opportunity to intern uh, at Sugar Hill for Leland Robbins. Oh man. Okay. Yeah, yeah. God bless Leland. I mean, I have a love for Leland that people would never understand. I don't get to see him much, but he have no idea how much he really like uh, opened the door for me. Oh yeah. Leland, um, at the time, he had an engineer. His name was Mike T, who okay. also worked on like a lot of the you know classic records at the time. And now, was Sugar Hill in Englewood at that point, or were they? Yeah, in- Sugar Hill, the original Sugar Hill Studios in Englewood, New Jersey. Yeah, so that's a much shorter ride than, than 104th Street. Right. So at 16 years old, 17, like that age, around that age, yeah. Leland pretty much was like, you know, I saw for the first time, because he would allow me to be in the studio. I, I used to sit there with Craig Mack, 45 okay. Kings. That's awesome. Like, just real people, Ron Grant, God bless his soul. Like, mm-hmm. they all just kind of just opened the door for me. And I used to go there every single day, like work. And my mother would lock me out the house because she couldn't understand what I was doing. <laughs> she was like, what are you doing? Like out all night long. And I, I kept explaining like, mom, I can do this thing called engineering. Like I was learning the patch bay. Leland mm-hmm. was like, hey, if you really want to do this, you got to sit in the room and really focus. So from that day, I sat there with the manuals. This is like early cakewalk visions when those yeah. type of platforms were out. This is before Pro Tools. Like, I, yeah. you know, I was cutting tape with all that. Yeah. Uh, he just allowed me the space to be there. You get what I'm saying? Like, he didn't. You got to be in the room. Yeah, yeah. He allowed me in the room. And mm-hmm. uh, that's how it started. I, I started learning just how to make records. Craig Mack, God bless him. Um, Craig Mack, just, just watching him. I just learned a lot about music. He was more than music. He was a very, very kind soul. He was like one of the kindest people I've ever met. Yeah, they just never kicked me out the room. I was a young child <laughs> at the time, you know, they were all yep. respectful for me, you know, to me. 
Nobody ever did anything crazy, but they just yeah. really allowed me to learn. So that opportunity is like, I always like to pay homage. Like I'm old school. Yep. You can never forget who opened the doors and who allowed it. You know, I will never, my ego will never be too big to say thank you. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, but now, now one thing though, I want to, I want to ask you though, um, there's, you know, you're, you're very humble and, um, but you had to have been contributing for them to keep you in that room and you had to have been learning. Oh yeah. Right? So cause, cause like, jeez, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 like, it's kind of like, you know, when you know what you are, like, I just know what I am, you know, I know who I am and I always yeah. knew who I was. So it was like, I let my talent speak for itself. My talent has opened every single door in my life. I've yeah. never had to really chase anybody down or like, bug them or beat them in the head with anything like <laughs> well that that's good <laughs> well so when you say it's, it's because like i think i think a lot of um and maybe not a lot but i think a, a lot of uh songwriters or producers or engineers get in the right room but they find it difficult to stay in the right room and have that staying power and and you have it and so, like, what what did you do that maybe was a little different than other engineers or producers or songwriters were doing at the time that were kind of coming up with you that allowed you to not just get in the room but stay in the room? Well, I will say this. It, the big X factor at the time was there's not a lot of female engineers in that era. Yeah. Um, so you, I really had to know what I was doing. You get yeah. what I'm saying? Like, I really didn't have that past that. <laughs> uh, you know, like I yeah. really truly had to know my stuff, you know, and that's kind of what allowed me. Like I just sat back and I listened. You know, every everybody. So you know, this is music. Everybody's so like with the hype and stuff. And if yeah. we if we strip down all the hype and really go toe for toe, blow for blow on who really knows what they're doing, I guarantee you that list will minimize itself. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of hype. So I think for me. I just made sure I knew what I was doing and I was quiet and I just stayed humble. It's like, I never tried to be the loudest person in the room and this, that, that, and the other. I just, I just knew when I walked out the room, you were going to have a piece of me that you were going to keep forever. Damn. All right. Not going to deny yeah. you. Like, that's it. Like pretty yeah. much like, I, I mean, I could go down the list from that experience. What ended up happening was I ended up getting with I, I'm trying to remember everything because I don't want to forget anybody and if I do let me say sorry now you yep. know but I like for instance that led me it led me places like I just kind of let it lead me I let my talent truly lead me and it led me around the world like I went to uh I ended up living in Brooklyn okay and um Chris Styles Dangerous LLC and Bruce Wayne of Midi Mafia Bruce yep. Wayne is also a Grammy Award winning producer. He's a man. Yeah. Um, I have a special love for Bruce. Yeah. Um, Bruce took me in, you know. Okay. <laughs> Bruce took me in. Um, and Bruce, I just ended up being able to kind of like flourish there. That's when we wrote, Bruce and I wrote When I See You for Fantasia, okay. Hold It, Don't Drop It for J Lo. I did that with Frankie Storm, my yeah. dear friend. Um, yep. You know, we that's that was kind of the window. Um, I have to mention Chris Styles at Dangerous LLC because their 
they're behind, you know, uh, a lot of fifties, bigger records, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, it's, it's, it's just who I was around at the time. So, so you go from Sugar Hill and, uh, and you're in, you're in Englewood and, and you're, then how did you make that move to, to Brooklyn? Cause like, uh, you know, I got a lot of love for Bruce Wayne as well. And he's like the, he's like the super connector. Right. And, and, you know, um, so, but what made you make that move to Brooklyn? Like, did you, had you had heard about the opportunity that was there or somebody was like, Janae, you got to get over there. Like, how did that happen? Well, Bruce came, I met Bruce and he pretty much just like came and got me. <laughs> Literally, like, he came and got me. Like, he's like, yo, like, I'm, I'm in the middle of something right now. Like, this is exactly how it went down. He's like, yo, I'm in the middle of something right now. He's like, but I think you're dope. He was like, why don't you go like work with my brother for a little bit? Okay. Yep. And that was his brother, Styles. And yeah. I ended up going from Styles back to Bruce. And that's, that's kind of what it was like. Bruce is, I will say this being around Bruce, he gave, he taught me what stability was. Um, okay. Tell me more about that. Like, what do you mean by, by that? Well, my mother, I told you, I gave you the premise. My mother put me out. (laughs) Yeah. That was kind of like my introduction to not having anywhere to go and sleeping in the backseat of my car. Yeah. And you know, it was all for the love of music. For me, it was just like any way possible I could be surrounded by music. That's what I really wanted. So Bruce and Swift, they, they again, opened that door. I can never, like, I can never say I am who I am today without giving them that. You get what I'm yeah. saying? Like, I have uh, to. Yeah. No, uh, no, no. You gotta pay homage. Right? Yeah, like, have to, have to. No matter. Yeah. Like, we, we've all had our share of beefs in the past and all that. Sure. Shit. Yep. But it is what it is at the end of the day. And they looked out and, and I respect them for it. And that's that's what it is, you know? Um, so you were you were sleeping in the backseat of your car when you when when you met Bruce? Uh, pretty much. I was at my mom's house. So pretty much if I didn't come home by 1130 on the dot, I was getting locked out. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I just and I used to sit in and so I got to tell you this part because there's so many people in this place right now. Yeah, you know, like I used to, uh, you know, I was like, I got my blunt, you know, I'm gonna sit, give my last five dollars, and I'm gonna Dude. just open the sunroof of my car and look up at the stars parked in my mom's driveway, locked out of the house, like wondering <laughs> how am I gonna get to where I have to go. That is that is a vivid picture. So so what came to you in those late night reveries? Just, I used to pray a lot, you know, I have so much faith. Uh, I, I just feel like I, I'm definitely like God is on my side and it's like, I've been led. Like it's my gut. He gave me like this sixth sense. That's like no other, like, and it's like, it could be the craziest thing. Like it could be like, keep going straight and make a left here. And that's like, I know I have to make a right, but my gut is telling me to make a left. left. (laughs) And it's just that ability to listen to that voice. That's the thing. A lot of people are not sure of themselves. And it's like sometimes just by listening to yourself and that voice God gave you, it really is like a built-in navigation, like the stars. Like it just leads you where you're supposed to be, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of what happened to me. What What was the craziest left turn you've ever, quote unquote, left turn you've made based on your gut that seemed 
Like, what was, what was, give me the hardest left turn of Janae Sewell. Oh my God, it's so many. But I would say <laughs> the most pivotal one was a decision that, um, okay, so I was working for Mercedes Benz Corporate. You know, fast forward, I was a substitute teacher. Okay. And I had, had the opportunity to get a proper position at Mercedes corporate. Like I went through Mercedes university as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, how did you, how did you get there? So you, you, you left, you left Brooklyn. You'd done from Brooklyn to Mercedes Benz every day and coming back to Brooklyn at night to record sessions. Okay. So Mercedes Benz was the day gig and then you were staying up all night making music. Yes, and I had like three jobs. Like I, I, I paid my way through school. I graduated. Like I was yeah. a hustler. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I didn't let anything that I was going through stop me. Like all of this while being constantly locked out of the house. Like <laughs> it was like a nightmare. Um, but being at Mercedes, I'm gonna. I have to tell you this story because it's a yeah. hard left that changed my life forever. Okay. Doing all these things. And this is kind of how I end up writing when I see you at the time. So I'm in my office and I never forget this hot, hot. I mean, it felt like somebody poured hot water over me. I felt so hot. I felt like I was about to faint. So somebody was like, go to the break room and go to the break room and just get a drink of water. I go to the break room. I get a drink of water. On the TV is the movie, The Incredibles. Okay. So in one of the scenes on The Incredibles, I sat there and I'm, I'm sipping the water and I'm watching The Incredibles. And there was this scene of Mr. Incredible and he's in this job that he didn't want to be in. Yep. And he's sitting in the desk and then he stands up, you know, his boss is being asked. And then he stands up and then he's like in a sea of cubicles. Yep. And in that very split moment, I start walking back to my desk and I sit down at the desk. And I close my eyes and I stand up and I see the same exact sea of cubicles. And I almost lost my mind. I was like, I got to get out of here. I left yeah. my job. Uh, I just started crying. I, I never forget. Like, it's so vivid to me because I remember the tears hitting my keypad. And at the time, my boss, he also was uh, 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 an accomplished musician. But he okay. would never tell me what he produced. He would never tell me. But he would come to work every day. I believe he won a Grammy too, if I'm not mistaken. He would come to he would come to work every day with a smile on his face, and I never understood why. And yeah. I said to him, like, I want to do music for a living, and he laughed at me. <laughs> what? Yes, he laughed at me. He's like, Well, you don't have a family yet, so you could take these type of chances. Yeah. And he said to me, he was like, Go out there. And he was like, I think, I think you can make it, but I just want to let you know. By the end of this, you will understand why I'm in this job. Smiling. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's the day I left Mercedes Benz. And you said, I'm going to make a go of this full time. This is it. Make this full time. This is it. If I don't, it's now or never. If I don't give this my all now, I'll, I'll have regrets. You know what I mean? And I didn't yeah. have regrets about something that was burning so deeply inside of me. I'm like, no, let me just take the chance. So I sold everything. Okay. Yo. I sold so, everything that I had. I paid off all my student loans. So pretty much I went from now making a couple dollars to back yeah. to being broke again. Yep. I packed a backpack 
And I went to LA and I met Bruce in LA. And then that, it was Thursday. And then that Saturday we wrote When I See You. No way. And so, from that, yeah. What? And from that day, and at the time it was for Tori Kelly. So now yep. this is my first time writing for a sign artist. Mm -hmm. Like in the room, you know? And yeah. this is old Universal, you know, at the time. Mm -hmm. And we were at Chalice Studios. I never forget. I seen Pharrell walk past me. <laughs> I yep. just didn't understand like where exactly I was heading, but I knew I was in the right place. Yeah. I, I here I am thinking the song is for Tori Kelly. So when it didn't go to Tori Kelly, they were like, "Man, this song is too young, too mature for her." I was sad because I'm like, "Oh my God, I just risked everything, and now they don't want the song. I don't yeah. know what's gonna happen." But I have to tell you, from that day and that that's that leap of faith, I've never had to do anything but write records from that day. I never had to work for another soul again. That's that is a beautiful thing. So, okay, so now, so what? Um, so you you walk out of Mercedes Benz, and that was the last time. That's the last time you worked for anybody, uh, because basically three things, right? You're your boss was like, Hey, like you, you can do this because you don't have any responsibilities. No, number that's number one. Number two is because of a Pixar movie. Yes. And then number <laughs> totally because of Mr. Incredible, because yep. I knew I was incredible. It's like, yep. I get teary, like my eyes water when I think about it, because yeah. it's like when you, I don't know. It's like my personal life experiences are this. I've always been told that I'm not good enough, mm -hmm. you know, where I'm not going to make it. Like <laughs> it's the yeah. funniest thing now when I laugh, cause it, it really brings tears to my eyes. So it's like, there's somebody right now, whoo, somebody right now, somebody's telling them they're not good enough and they're not going to make it. And they yeah. have this switch inside of their body to either say, I'm going to ignore you and I'm going to follow my dreams or I'm going to believe what you're telling me. Yeah. You can't I, believe that. You know what no. I mean? Like, you have to go with what you know. And it's like, I knew I was incredible. Like, I knew I had this, I know I had this superpower that it's like, you can't see it because, you know, I'm just a regular person. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm human. You know, I have flaws, yeah. I have faults. But it's like, no, I know I have this cape <laughs> and this super suit on under all these regular clothes. And yeah, that was just kind of like the moment of reckoning. Like, I was just like, this is it. Like I have to, I, this is how I'm going to show the world. Like I, how am I going to show the world if I don't step out on this faith? And that's yeah. kind of what I did. And you know, I vow, always vowed to myself, you know, that's why I kind of stay under the radar. Mm -hmm. Cause I've had a lot of like wild experiences, a lot of little heartbreaks. So it's yeah. like, for me, I just stay to myself and I just feel like whatever's meant for me comes to me. Like it does. It walks mm -hmm. through my door. It knocks on my door. It calls me. <laughs> like, yep. Yeah. Oh, but, you know, the key, too, though, I think is um, I think a lot of people, they 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 don't recognize, like, an opportunity when it shows up right in front of them either. Right. right. Which no, is. They don't. And they just, like, they, maybe they trip over it and then they go about their business like like nothing happened. And it's like, it's being able to recognize like, wait, wait a second. I need to, Bruce Wayne, who I know from Brooklyn, just moved to Los Angeles and I need to go because that's where stuff's happening. And I need to get in the, the next room, just like at 
Sugar Hill and, and uh, everywhere. And Chalice was a continuation of, okay, I believe in myself and I'm going to, I need to go, I need to go where I can make things happen. And the cubicle farm at Mercedes Benz is not the place where you're making things happen. Right. And it's like, look, and it's a fine line because the reality is right. As, a, as yeah. a woman, right. You have to make a living, but yeah. this is the thing. It's, it's like, it's like this line that gets drawn, you know, it's like an invisible line. A lot of times people don't see it and they get locked into this, this monotony, you know, mm-hmm. of providing little do they know if you step out on faith in your gift, God will sustain you forever. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It's, it's like, it's like one of those things, you know, I'm a very spiritual person. And it's like, sometimes your, your opportunity comes cloaked in difficulty. Yeah. You know, and sometimes it takes a special individual to kind of see through things and, mm-hmm. and want to persevere past the difficulty to even see the opportunity. Yeah. Well, you know, it's sometimes like, I, I don't know, I think probably maybe maybe you didn't say it out loud, but when you sold all your stuff and moved across the country, you signed up for a different sort of pain than somebody who stayed at Mercedes. You said, this is the kind of pain I want because this is how I get. To, to, to show the world what I could do, right? Uh, okay, so now tell me about, so for, you're writing um, for Tori Kelly. It's the first time you've been writing for a signed artist. What did you learn from that experience? Wow, what did I learn? I learned the power of being in the room. Okay. The power of collaborating. Um, oh, oh my goodness. This would not be right if I did not mention Sam Waters. Okay. Shout out to Sam. Oh my God. Sam Waters. Ooh, I almost forgot Sam. Thank God. (laughs) Sam Waters was the person. So I get to LA. Sam Waters was the first person who tapped me on the shoulder. And like I said, Bruce was motivating me at the time, but it was actually... Sam Waters, who tapped me on the shoulder and said, girl, you got something. Okay. Like, he was the one, like, you got something. Like, never sell out, ever. Like, 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 he was the one who told me, Sam Waters taught me to hold my ground. All right, let's take a quick break so we can tell you about something very cool. A few weeks ago at Royalty Exchange, we launched a new tool called Know Your Worth. Know Your Worth is a free app for songwriters, producers, and artists that allows you to get an advance in 90 seconds on your back catalog. We have paid out more than $1 million in advances since we launched this tool, so if you want to check it out, go to worth.royaltyexchange.com. That's worth.royaltyexchange.com. It's completely free, and you can find out how much you can get in advance in a minute and a half.
No, what was uh, no? What was Sam's role at the time in in the in the music biz? Former member of Color Me Bad. Okay. Sam was a writer and producer. Okay. When I say phenomenal writer and producer, phenomenal writer and producer, awesome engineer. Sam taught taught me the art of how to mix vocals. Oh, okay. Um, I used to watch him as well. I used to go out to San Fran to him and Louis Biaconello's studio. Okay. And I that that was another those faith trips with nothing. I just used to get on the plane. I'd be like, Sam, I ain't got it. Sam would be like, just get on the plane. I got you. Yeah. Um, that those type of opportunities, like Sam just being around them, they just taught me how to be great, like even greater. Like they taught me the art of a record, like a true art of a record. Um, Lewis did a lot of stuff, Celine Dion, I Like Your Smile, Shanice, like, he did so many things, you know, uh, Sam is behind, he's another silent one that's humble under the radar, but his catalog is ridiculous, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, he just taught me so much, it it was the welcoming, you know, like, yeah, like, when you're in this business, there's a lot of fake people, you know, a lot of, a lot of corny people, you gotta, you gotta kind of sift through, Mm mm-hmm. Sam is one of the real ones, you know, yeah. one of the ones that like just wasn't afraid to tell me how great I was. Okay, that that's awesome. So I mean, he taught you the craft of making records him and and Lewis, but at the same time, yes, yeah, technical craft. But at the same time too, you know, you you moved 3000 miles across the country on on a song-filled faith, fueled faith, whatever, you know, like whatever it was. And then he's the first person that's saying, hey, you you have something special. You better stay on your ground. And yeah. Oh, man. And that's how and that's how Sam pretty much was the reason. Like, I saw how. OK, OK, let me tell you what it was. Yeah, you yeah. girl from Patterson, you know. Yeah, yep. coming all the way. Now I'm in San Francisco. I'm sitting next to the baby grand with the with the plaques. Now, this was one of my first experiences of seeing plaques everywhere and yep. seeing somebody's home with all their awards and their home studio. They had, Sam had an incredible studio house. Mm-hmm. Um, this, I, and I looked at this and I'm like, Oh my God, this is what I want. Okay. From yeah. that day, I, I always said, whatever my first change your life check, I said, I am going to build the same thing. And that's what I did. I built my studio house in Englewood, New Jersey. There you go. I mean, that that, everybody's uh, been coming to has been standing for a decade, still standing. Yeah. That's awesome. Everybody comes there. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Oh, and wait a minute. Wow. I almost forgot big John. Okay. (sighs) John, huge, huge, huge factor in my life. Um, how did you, how did you meet him? Wow, first time I met, I used to go to these mixers. That's back then, you know, mixers were cool. <laughs> <laughs> they were so cool. There used to be so many awesome, like, mixers and events. And at the time, he wasn't the person he is now. He was like an upcoming exec. Yeah. And I met Big John, and he was very nice to me. I didn't mm-hmm. think anything of it because I really didn't understand the publishing business. Okay. Um, Kind of when I see you was the record that taught me the business of publishing itself. Um, then I met John, 
And then yeah. kind of some time kind of went by. The record ended up going, you know, hit yeah. hard. Well, no, no, hold on. Now, I I want to I prod a little bit. So what uh, you say that When I See You is the record that kind of opened your eyes to the business of publishing. What what made that? Why? Like what happened there that, that taught you about it? Wow. Okay. I mean, in in all honesty, you know, it's a number. It was a number. Although I, although Bruce and I started the record. Yeah. You get, it was a lot of other influences that entered onto the record. Okay. So then now it's like, it ended up being like, okay, publishing splits. That was my first encounter with that. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't understand at the time, like, oh, what, okay. If I'm coming up with the piano melody, I'm producer too i didn't yeah. know that you know what i mean it was like a lot of things i was just ignorant to so i'm writing the lyrics i'm producing that's what, what kind of led me into producing records as well so mm-hmm. it was the engineering the production side the songwriting side so that song just kind of taught me the business like the format uh the from the inception of an idea to how it actually turns into a dollar in your pocket Oh, man. It could be a long and winding road, too. A long, <laughs> long, winding road, but it's a long mathematical equation. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Like, mm-hmm. that's what it is. Um, you know, music publishing, it's such a... Uh, it's such a, a... What's the word? I want to say so coveted, because what people don't understand, it's real estate. Some, yep. so, some songs are little houses on the corner. Some songs are ma- uh, palatial mountains, mountain yeah. mansions. <laughs> like, yep. it's it's pretty much how much percentage of it do you own that's relative and how much does it is it going to generate you? Uh, you know, and I kind of learned the art of that, you know, and the art of turning music into money. That's kind of, you know, me coming from the, the money side. Exactly. I kind of was yeah. able to correlate the two and really understand the process from beginning to end on all levels. Now, what would you, now, if you could go back in time and, uh, and talk to yourself before you understood the, um, this, this is a great quote, the art of turning music into money. What would you tell a younger version of Janae or a songwriter that's um, on their way up and trying to make things happen right now? What would you tell them about Ooh, that? I would tell them this. I'd be like, I'd rather have 5% of a billion than 50% of nothing. Yeah. That, you I get mean, what that, I'm saying? That math checks out. <laughs> it checks out right. Pretty much meaning it's like there's a lot of writers that might, you got you to gotta use your discretion when you're fighting for your records. And... What do you mean by that? Do, do you mean by playing the, making sure that you play the splits game right so that it gets the team? You have to t- play the splits game right. Um, and I would say make sure you kind of keep a nice, uh, not just a catalog, but your press and PR. Like, I never did that stuff. Like, I wasn't into press and PR until we did Empire State of Mind. Like, then we hired outside PR, PR yeah. because of the nature of the situation we were in at the time. Um, but you just have to make sure that you make sure you're in the right places, you know, go to the right things. You know, there's somebody running around right now going 400 places, spending all their money and it's not equating to anything. 
And then there's somebody who's going four places a year and making millions and millions of dollars. And that's all they have to do. It's just mm. knowing where to go, the art of knowing where to go and being surrounded by the right things and the right people. Now, when you say play the um, do do PR right, you know, as because I think a lot of songwriters don't don't think about PR because, um, you know, if they're not the performing artist, they think, well, publicists are for for artists. Right. But what I think I'm getting from you is like it's a way to open up more doors if you are if you are seen as a hot commodity in, in, in the songwriting world. Right? Yeah, especially when you have a hit. Because this is the thing, and I'm just, uh, uh, you know, for y'all, I'm going to be honest, you know, because yeah. this is kind of why you have me on the phone. I got I to gotta keep it real, you know? Yes, you do. I'm going to be mad at you if you don't. Yeah, I'm <laughs> about it. You know, I'm not fearless. I, I have to say this. Like I said, yeah. I'm going to tell you a story of why PR is so important and why it's so significant. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, Big John gave me my first change your life check. Yeah. Um, he believed in me. God bless his soul. Um, and, you know, at the time, you know, he we were at my house. He was at my house and I had played. We had just come back from London. Okay. Right. You know, on a writing trip. Yeah. Shout out to Guy Mute as well. Yeah. Because um, he is the one who opened the door to go to London to even write this record. Okay. Yeah. Um, so what ended up happening was. Right there on the spot in my house, in my studio, John jumped up. He heard the song, um, and he sent it to Jay. Jay sent it right, literally right back. Like he, like it just, it just happened so organically, right? So now, now, no wait, well, well, let's wait. Can we back up for one second, real quick? Just, just because. So, so Big John gets you your first change of life check. You did what you said you were going to do, and you build the home studio like you saw with Sam and Lewis. And then, and you write, what song are you talking about? <laughs> okay, so so just, just for all that context, just in case. Uh, so now you're sitting in your house with Big John, and he hears a song. and but, but that wasn't the first time that you guys had, had, from my research before we got on the phone, that wasn't the first time you sent that song to Jay, was it? No, we we tried to send it, uh, and they kind of like nobody. I I think they just didn't notice. I think they just didn't even realize what they got. To be honest with you, who'd you send it to? Um, was it just Rockefeller in general, or yeah, was it... you know we sent it to? You don't have to name names. I mean, I'm I just saying. Names, no. But no, 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 no. Let's just say we sent it to his people. Okay. And they kind of overlooked it, but we didn't think anything of it. We sent it to Lady Gaga's people, uh, yeah. Rob Fasari at the time when they were working together. Okay. Um, you know, <laughs> we, I mean, she sat on it. I guess, I don't know if she had it, in, like how the process happened, what happened, but she literally was sitting on it for like three months. Okay. Uh, but it went through, I know, Overseas, they were trying to plug it on Viva TV, like, and I, I was the one who kept saying, nope, 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 nope. I yeah. was the one who was holding the grab. Everybody was pissed at me. I was the bad guy, but you know what? I, one thing I learned the hard way, I will never mind being the bad guy when I know I'm right. Like, so now, so now, tell me what, what were you certain of that the world didn't understand yet that you had to be the bad guy? So they, so people were trying to 
push that song to to artists overseas or like what like what well yeah they were trying to push the song to artists overseas just trying to push it everywhere we initially end up believe it or not we initially end up being pulled out there because we had an opportunity to work with sting's daughter that we never okay. even got in the studio with her but we okay. wrote it as a duet for sting and his daughter like that was kind of like wait empire state of mind was for sting and his daughter <laughs> yeah I, anybody knows me like i'm a huge, huge sting fan yeah like i'll travel the it's world awesome. to go to any one of his concerts so yeah uh just to know we had an opportunity to even get that close to it that's kind of what it was the uh the other producer on the record al shucks shout out to al yeah we we uh he was working with coco at the time he did okay. some incredible incredible records with her that i guess never saw the light of day and i don't know why but they were incredible records that's kind of what drew us out there and uh it was just the thought of like maybe sting might do this duet with his daughter about new york you know yeah yeah it was like a fantasy but not knowing like what all what it was going to lead to you know yeah. um so basically just to give you an example, so I was the one who fought to have Alicia on the record. Yeah, because Mary J. Blige was kind of the first, the, the that's what Jay wanted, right? He was like, oh, man. Right, they yeah. kind of wanted Mary, then it was like, maybe Beyonce, uh, blah, 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 right? The yeah. Was, I love Beyonce to death, but I, I kept saying, I'm like, nah, like, I kept saying, hey, she's going to perform this record anyway. I'm like, yeah. it has to be. It has to be somebody from New York yeah. that knows New York that that kind of can really truly relate. And I said, "Wow, I'm like they. I'm like Jay and Alicia never really did a record together." No. I said this might be it. So I had, I have to tell this part of the story because every there's somebody right now that's getting the door slammed in their face. Yep. And I'm the queen of getting door slammed in my face. My nose should be broken at this point in my. <laughs> Um, but it's not. Yeah. And basically I was the one who went back and forth with Peter Edge. Like, no, Peter, like this song is great. Meanwhile, they're saying, I have to say his name because it matters that much. And people need to know, like, they didn't want her on the record. <laughs> now, who's they? The powers that be. The powers that be. On this record. Okay. They, and... I got a, I got a hard no. <laughs> oh, not wow. Not a maybe, not a, not a this, no, a hardcore no. And I remember I was being the asshole. Like, no, y'all are stupid. Yeah, yeah. I care at that point. Like, that's the day I stopped caring about if people like me or not. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? You don't have to like me, but guess what? By the end of this, you're going to respect me. And, and Alicia's going to be on this song. <laughs> and Alicia is going to be on this record. So they give you a hard no. So what do you do next? Like, how do you overcome that objection? How do you? I just kept, I just kept going. I just kept fighting for it. I fought for her. It's so weird. It's like, believe it or not, like she has no no idea, <laughs> all kind of all like what somebody that she like went through for for the sake of her being on this record that they said was too hard for her. Yeah, because it didn't fit. Didn't fit with the image. Yeah, yeah. Cause she was. Because mm -hmm. she was down going down the pop road at the time. Yeah. Like this is too hard for her. This is too hip hop. And I'm like, what? Are y'all crazy? So I just I just was very persistent and I fought for it. And God bless Peter Edge. He finally he finally gave in. Okay. And I'll also shout out to Larry Jackson. 
Um, yeah. But that's that's where that ended up. <laughs> like, so now, what did Peter say to you the day that he's like, okay, we'll do it? Like, what what was the... In his British voice, he's like, okay, Janae. <laughs> I'm like, yes. You know, and like I said, people, I'm like, listen, everybody's mad at me, man, because, you know, it's like I saw the bigger picture and mm-hmm. I just believed in this record so much. And then God bless Big John. He had a huge part in it because he signed myself. He signed Jay-Z. He signed Alicia. So he was yeah. a huge catalyst in making that happen. So now he, so if I, if I understand the story right, so he, Big John, after you'd sent it to, to Rockefeller sometime before and they were just, you know, it, it got lost in the shuffle. Then after Big John was at your house and he heard it, he said, this is, this would be perfect for, for Jay-Z and sent it to him. Right. And he was, the, and he was like, so, so kind of the way you, you broke through the, cause like I imagine a lot of writers out there are sending songs to, you know, submissions at Rockefeller records or whatever. And, and it's like almost about finding uh, a champion to, to go sort of around the normal process to make get somebody to sit up and pay attention right uh, absolutely <laughs> yeah it has to be a hit because this is the x factor okay if it's not a hit it doesn't go like this yeah you get what i'm saying like it really has to be a hit record yeah but sometimes we don't know it's a hit but when you believe that it is then mm-hmm. it's like you gotta hit them from all angles it's like you can't just send it in one way and then parlay and think that that's it. Like, no, if you truly believe that that song is that song for that person, you yeah. have to get it to that person. Like, I have songs that's like six, seven years old sitting that nobody's ever heard. Mm-hmm. That's hits. <laughs> like, that will save yeah. a couple people right now. <laughs> like, yeah. But I always say I'm just sitting on them till that moment, till that leak. Like, I look at it, you know how I look at it? Like, you know, like a floaty in the pool. Okay. And it's like if you have a hole in the floaty, what happens? The thing starts to sink. You got mm-hmm. to listen. You got to find the hole in the floaty. Like you can't, like, if you don't find your way around it, it's not going to, it's not going to matter. You have to find the entry point some way, somehow. And that's just kind of being persi- persistent. And, and, and creative. I mean, and applying your creative energy to, to getting, cause like, Songwriting, right, is writing hit songs and then making sure the right person hears them so that they record it, right? That's 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 the game, right? That's the name of the game, and it's it's all it's honestly, it's like worse than playing slots in Vegas. It's like you really have to really sit there and keep pulling that lever. It's like you yeah. can't give up. It's like that's it. That's the business we're in. It's the art of presenting your song at the right moment at the right time like you know for alicia like it was the right time you know i believe Uh in her it's so crazy because she doesn't know this (laughs) yeah i was that fan who drove three hours to philly to watch you perform Mm -hmm. you know i i was backstage with her actually she didn't even know i was standing backstage i was amongst everybody who was backstage and this is going back 15 years ago <laughs> like yep. you know what i mean like mm-hmm. it, 
just not knowing like, wow, I just traveled three hours to watch this artist that I love perform. Never did I know in a million years that I would be responsible for, you know, a record like that for her, you know? Exactly. So it's like destiny is destiny is destiny. Oh, back to the PR thing because I want to like I yeah, that's how it's all start, right? <laughs> Alicia is Alicia. You can't take that away from her. You know yep. what I mean? I um I believe in uplifting. Yeah. You know, especially women. You know, we have to uplift each other. Yeah. Um, but I did feel like at the time, you know, because of her fame, everybody kind of felt like, oh, she wrote this. <laughs> yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and. Like if you're Pepsi or if you're a major brand or a major sponsor and you want you want a record like this, a la Empire State of Mind, you're gonna directly go to Alicia. You're not yep. gonna know that somebody behind me, like like myself, is actually behind something like this. Yeah. Um, so this is the X factor. Had I not kind of stepped out on faith again, because I'm thinking, oh, you know, I'm I'm talking to this publisher. They're gonna do the PR for me. No, 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 no. You're you are responsible for yourself. <laughs> Don't get yep. it twisted. You know yep. what I mean? Um, so I made sure that we did the right press. We were in Forbes. Like we got the proper press. So now, ten years later, when you go back and you view the song, the right information is there. But you know. I will say this, it was pretty much, you know, she, she went on her TV campaign and kind of, you know, when that question was asked of her, I just don't feel, I just never felt that it was clearly said, you know, until it was like, not clearly said. And it was like, Hey, hi, hello. Yeah. Hey, I know she said it once, you know, but that's kind of where it is. It's like anybody who has, uh, I would say, who's written a, a major record uh, that's 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 made history. It's like, unless you take it upon yourself to make sure you do your own press run, nobody's really going to hand that to you. Like, hey, this person over here wrote this. No, they're going to run with it. And they're going to they're gonna yeah. do what they're supposed to do. You know, nothing yeah. against her. I, you no. know, she's surrounded by a whole team. And I'm sure everybody was like, yeah, you know, do this. <laughs> but exactly. it's just like, they don't they kind of don't see how that affects the people who really did the work. You know what I yeah. mean? No, I mean, that's part of why we're, yeah, it's part of why we do, we're doing this podcast because like, I spent my last 20 grand to go to uh, London and write that record. You know, what? they didn't pay for that. Yeah. They didn't pay for that. Alicia didn't pay for that. I paid for no. that. You know what I mean? And it's, yeah. the kind of like, you know, you kind of expect this level of love, but shout out to Jay-Z because he was the one to kind of like really make it be, be known and let it be clear. And he said he's going to take it to the moon. So for that, I like, I'm eternally grateful to him for yeah. setting the tone. Yeah. And that's kind of, that's kind of where it's at in a nutshell, you know, without saying too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no. But, but I mean, it's important though for like, for, for songwriters to know that like you have to, you know, cause what I'm kind of getting from from your story so far is like number one you have to have uh deep and fundamental faith in your abilities right number two you have to be willing to make sacrifices and take risks to make them happen right Absolutely. and then number three the your work's not done when the song is written it needs to 
it needs to get into the right hands and then your work still isn't done after the song comes out and is a huge hit because you need to get the the you need to make sure that the record is right about who contributed to it right you have like because this is the thing you can't leave it up to the artist sometimes unfortunately everybody's not gonna be like jay-z and actually yeah. say the real you know yeah. they're yeah. gonna be okay with oh yeah it's me <laughs> and it's yeah. like whoa 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 aren't we all trying to uplift each other and uphold each other like what's going on here yeah it, it you know it gets a little weird um <laughs> yeah i i would say this i would say my biggest my biggest lesson is because it I will tell you this. I have to be honest. Could something like that make somebody bitter? Absolutely. It can yeah. make you sad. It can make you bitter. Um, I took a lot of losses over that record that nobody knows about. Like, nobody saw. Like, I made a lot of sacrifices for that. Yeah. And, um, you know, because everybody was telling me no. So I had to go to the, the, the distance, you know? Yeah. Um, but I will say this, I don't regret it. I don't regret one moment of it because nobody and, and everybody who hears this, anybody, God gave you the gift of song, like nobody can stop what's yours. Nobody. It doesn't matter. I don't care if it's 10, 15 years later. There's so many people out here that rightfully wrote some of the biggest songs ever and they don't get the credit. You know, we're, we're in an age and ever where they don't put credit notes anymore everything is digital they're not yeah. putting like the information is changed i've seen they, they did an article uh with my former partner and i and i saw in billboard and they and i wasn't mentioned in the article when they spoke of the record and i could have got upset about it <laughs> yeah whatever i didn't get upset you know i just laughed and i said well my checks come in the mailbox and yeah i'm still getting you know, I'm still getting paid, and you don't get paid with billboard mentions. You get paid with right. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, I mean, even in lieu of just what's going on today, like it's like at the end of the day, all the greats. You have Rod Temperton. There will be no Michael Jackson if there wasn't a Rod Temperton and a Quincy Jones. You yep. know, or Saida Garrett. Like yeah. all these people, like. Is so many people that have contributed that you really don't hear about. I mean, even going forward in the future, I like that's a part of my legacy to just keep that alive. Yeah. Just keeping that information alive and people really know who did what. Because at the end of the day, if you get the publishing and you're locked in on the publishing, it's yours. And nobody can take that from you. That's your real estate, right? Real estate. But guess what? Guess what in real estate, when they go to look at the deed... Yep. whose name is on it <laughs> exactly like, that's right it. that's all that matters so i would tell anybody who's ever experienced that because it's a lot of people who have experienced that you know oh, yeah. what i mean uh i would just tell them like don't be bitter don't be sad you know what's in the dark always comes to the light no matter what like don't lose faith don't lose hope because you got to understand not knowing who wrote what it affects people's pockets in a way that you wouldn't believe yeah it really no. does. It really yeah. affects people. And, you know, it's like you shouldn't have to be fighting to prove something that you paid the cost for. Like, it's like, what? <laughs> you yep. know? But, but I'm just glad. I, 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 I still appreciate the experience. Guess what? And I still love Alicia Keys. I think she's one of the most talented artists of our era. You know what I mean? Without a doubt. That's why I can remove 
all my ego and all my pride and still be able to say that note despite whatever I've experienced. Like, and yeah. with anybody, with any record, you know? Um, and that's it. Like, like I said, it's not about do you like me or not? It's about I'm going to do something that you're never going to forget, period. Like, is it, you're not going to deny me even if you wanted to, you know, on all levels, you know? And I yeah. think that's... That's it. And that's kind of why I'm okay with being under the radar. I'm so at peace and I'm so okay with it because I know what I've done and I know who I am. And it's yeah. like, I, listen, I look at Instagram. They got, uh, 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 I mean, listen, they'll verify a, a whole stripper before they verify <laughs> somebody who, who actually made a, a real contribution to music history. You feel what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> It's the world is changing, you know. No offense to the strippers. I love them strippers. <laughs> but, but it's like, yep. it's what kind of what the world goes after right now and what's what credibility means right now. And yeah, it's it's a different world. So now, Janae, what are you working on now? And like, how, how do you, well, actually, first, actually, let me back up for one second. So Empire State of Mind comes out and probably pretty awesome uh and how did that change because like how did that change your 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 working life and your and your life like what what was different pre-empire post-empire oh wow okay pre-empire i thought that okay you get a number one and you get all these awards national music publisher awards and Ah. you think that's it but it's like oh wow this only just begun okay um for myself, what has that propelled me to? Well, I, my husband and I, we started a, uh, a company called Basivity and another sub-company called Balcaton. Okay. And what, do, what does Basivity do? Uh, Basivity is a full production company label. Okay. Um, it's actually the biggest uh, record label in the Balkan region, which is uh, Croatia, Serbia, Macedonia, yeah. uh, uh, Slovenia. Montenegro. Now, is your is your husband from the Balkans, or how did yes, how my did okay from Serbia? Okay, okay. He has the biggest hip hop label in that region for the last twenty years running. That is awesome. Wait, how did the two of you meet? We met actually. We met in Hoboken. <laughs> oh man, okay, just across the river. Yeah, uh, just literally just came to the country, and somebody was like, "Yo, there's this producer from Serbia. He's a beast. You need to go work with him." Okay. And I went to work with them, and we never left each other's side. <laughs> oh, my I gosh. I ended up investing into his company. Okay. And that's kind of, we joined forces. We became partners. And, you know, just silently, like, I'd just been behind him the whole time, supportive, everything. Uh-huh. Um, and we just built this label. We did a half a billion views in a year. Nice. Uh, independent. Mm-hmm. Um Everything is all in-house, all the visuals, all the production. It's all done by us. Like, it's real mom and pop. Like, we don't yeah. go outside pretty much for anything. Okay. Uh, meaning, which is which is very rare yeah. <laughs> in this business because, like, kind of what we do, you need, like, a team of 30 people to do. And even yeah. when you have the 30 people, you still can't get it done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of figure it out a way to kind of roll out these, you know, mega visuals and songs and these artists and, you know, 
kind of is like the new label format, the label yeah. future. Like we figured out a new format and it's going to, and you're going to see it coming in the future. Yeah. <laughs> like that's why I'm so silent because it's like really incredible, mm -hmm. you know, but we just figured out this, you know, five years ago, kind of, I would say a little more than five years ago, mm -hmm. you know, cause it started having children and stuff. Yeah. Um, my oldest son, he's 11. Oh man. That's the youngest crazy. is I kind of changed my lifestyle because I was like, oh, wait, I can't be out of the country all the time and away from my kids. Yeah. And I figured out, you know, this is right when YouTube was kind of like transitioning and mm. I kind of learned the YouTube game. Okay. Um, and just the whole process of how you go from views to a dollar. So I just yeah. applied my knowledge, my business knowledge from now the music publishing side now to youtube and and social media and and all the same it's still all the same thing it's a rhythm it's a math mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> so we kind of figured that out and we were just able to roll out projects you know some of our visuals we have like 60 million views 70 million views and this is just us just doing the work yeah well i mean you you are a force of nature so that doesn't just that doesn't surprise me at all uh and that that is awesome. So where where can um, uh, where can the listeners check out uh, check out the the label the label of the future? Well, you can. Uh, it's the the name is called Basivity. Okay. Also, just to let everybody know, we have a new project that we're working on. Okay. I'm gonna. It's still still gonna be. I, I believe in keeping things quiet till it till it explodes on its you, own. You're in stealth mode right now. You're in stealth mode. Damn stealth V two bomber mode right now. I'm just there. You go. Like really sitting back, like chilling and like working and just putting to putting things together. Like my major focus right now for the future is being able to break artists. Mm -hmm. and not rob them of their autonomy okay i mean that's huge yeah yeah that's that's my biggest thing like breaking real records breaking visuals kind of being at the forefront of that um and just being an all-in-one production house pretty much and, yeah. and allowing artists an alternative like it's like okay and nothing against the major labels because how i would how i'm how i am positioning myself is I'm pretty much a plug to any label, like any yeah. label, like uh, there's a project that I did, um, Cat de Luna, that a lot of people don't know that I wrote the whole entire album with Red One. Whoa, okay. It's yeah. probably like one song on there I didn't write, <laughs> but the rest yeah. of it is all me and Red One. Um, but it's, I remember I sat in the studio for two weeks with her and we came up with this album and next thing you know, it was like a really huge album. It, it like, you know, it garnished a lot. I will say like uh, unbeknownst to a lot of people because it was heavily synced in the Latin market. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, but it, it was like, it was the rollout. I saw how, you know, they rolled Cat out from the beginning to the end. And from that experience, I learned and I figured out how, an artist needs to be rolled out. It's like, it's so many labels right now that have all these people signed and it's like, mm -hmm. okay, you cut them a check, but they're not generating money. Yeah. Too many people to kind of push through the, you know, the tunnel. Yeah. And so, you know, you end up being a dope artist that's baking on a label for like a couple of years ago by, and it's like nothing comes out and nothing's consistent. 
So nah. I feel like I'm that like that missing link. I, I found my niche. You know, you're the like, you're the nitroglycerin for the for the uh, for the explosion, right? To make it happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm that I'm that catalyst. It's like yeah. I know what needs to be done to get it out, to get it done, to get it moving, to get the numbers right. Like you know, it's a numbers game. So yeah. right now, it's like any artist that's sitting, it's like you know, it takes 268 million streams to see. A couple grand. <laughs> yep. You know, a lot of people don't know this. You know, yeah. and it, we will get caught up in the hype of, oh, we're streaming, streaming, streaming. But it's like, no, you have to be streaming. You have to be getting views. You have mm-hmm. to be in the and and depending on how good or bad your visual is, dictates the bar of your your tour money and yep. your show money. So, you know, that's kind of the business that I'm dedicating myself to now. It's it's really not so much of me being a songwriter anymore, which is what I do. I will always do that. And I will always be behind the scenes doing that forever for the rest of my life. But I figured out the format of the future and that's what I'm focused on. I'm focused on the future and I'm focused on who's next and who deserves that shot, who deserves that look. And just being in a position to make that happen for somebody is like a blessing for me. Yeah. Oh man, that is awesome. Uh, so, Janae, before before we end this, is there any parting advice you would have for a young songwriter, someone who's trying to trying to make things happen? What would you what would you tell them? What would you tell yourself back as you just moved to L.A.? Oh, what would I tell myself? Never go by what it looks like. Never go by what it looks like. Ever. Anything can change at any moment. What's for you is for you stay consistent like a lot of people don't see like the years and years and years they see okay Janae you have these hits but they didn't see the years and years and years that I didn't sleep they didn't see the years that I was in the studio every day writing 10 songs a day just for my health (laughs) they didn't see the songs that I wrote wholly entirely that I never got credit for like I wrote a song for Keisha Shantae called Beat Beat and somebody I guess forgot to put me on the credits. <laughs> what? Yeah, this oh, is, I broke the whole record. This is not the first time like stuff like that happened to me, and it won a Canadian Grammy that I never got. Like stuff like that. It's like, don't worry about the losses because you will always have your moment to gain your truth, to tell your truth. Everything, what goes around comes around. If you spread love and you're spreading creativity and you keep doing that, no matter what the situation looks like. Be positive, and it's going to come back to you. Like, any moment can change your life forever. But I will say, you have to step out on faith. You have to, and you have to believe in yourself like a mad person. Like, that's what it takes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the fire and keep it lit. Those are wise words to end this on. Janae, thank you so much. Thanks for joining us on this episode of The Big Break. To learn more about Janae and what she has in the works, check out her social media pages as well as our company through the links in the show notes. And be sure to join us every Tuesday morning for a new episode of The Big Break. You can subscribe to get that right in your podcast feed. And if you know someone who needs some inspiration, be sure to share this episode with them. Thanks, and we'll see you next Tuesday.